We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. We were out for a few days there. I was traveling. Schedules didn't line up. And now, though, we've got plenty to talk about. So welcome back to the show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, Keith, just a few things happening in the NBA over the last few days. Always busy. Always busy this time of year. Even not even just playoffs. Crazy stuff going on right now. Yeah, this is the weirdest time of the year because you've got these super intense games basically every night uh, while we're still in the second round, right? And then conference finals will basically be every night as well. Uh, and then you get to the finals and it's like they play a game, take approximately a week and a half off and play another game. And then it's like seven days more off. And it just feels like the final stretch forever. But it, it in while we're super busy in the playoffs, you're getting like coaches fired and GM moves and players are picking up options. And we're starting to get news on what teams are looking at, which free agents and all sorts of stuff uh, going on. We've got the draft lottery coming up. I mean, just there, there's just a million things going on. It does make me thankful, however, that the uh, CBA was finalized a couple weeks ago, because imagine mm -hmm. that like just being oh, thrown yeah. in on top of this as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll take the silver linings where we can get them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess kind of a bizarre scene uh, with the Suns and the Nuggets. Let's start there. Matt Ishbia against Nikola Jokic. <laughs> uh, what did you make of all of that? And how much selling did Matt Ishbia do on that little, I don't know if we want to call that a forearm, uh, a bump, a shove, whatever term you want to use. The chicken yeah, wing. There you go. Maybe that's the best way. Maybe yeah. that's the best way to describe it. Uh, what did you, What did you think of that whole strange, <laughs> strange situation? So it was funny. I was um, I was not really paying attention when that happened. I was doing something else, and then all of a sudden, I heard all the commotion on the like broadcast. So I looked up and I was like, "What's going on here?" And when I saw the replays, I was like. You know, you catch different angles of it and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, that was really nothing. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. maybe he did knock him back. Pretty good. And then you see the real angle where I'm like, okay, so Matt Ishby, I don't know a whole lot about his playing experience at Michigan State. But, like, was he, like, the Marcus Smart of the Spartans? Like, <laughs> he bumped me and I go a mile away, you know, as I get bumped. Um, you know, maybe that's what it was. But, yeah, it was um, – my main thing is I don't care if you're the owner of the team. Don't touch players. Right. Don't if you're sitting courtside, don't you know, you don't touch players. You have no reason to be grabbing the ball. Like, you know, like there, there was no reason for the whole thing. Um, 
I liked his whole uh, Twitter thing where he was like, I hope nobody gets suspended yes, from yeah. this. We don't want that. That's fine. But the only one who maybe should be told you're not allowed to sit down there is you, right? Like there, there's no reason for him to even touch Jokic. Like that was just stupid. So yeah, I, it's one of those things where it gave a bunch of people a bunch of stuff to talk about today and, you know, and they did. So, but yeah, overall, I think, you know, just don't, don't get involved. Just sit there and watch the game. And give the ball back. Yeah. Just give, give the ball. I wonder how much of that was playing to the home crowd, though. Oh, there's you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like that, that had to be. Well, I like here, Kevin but... Booker comment of he got us a point. So, like, we'll take it. Like, yeah. you know, all right. You know, but I mean, yeah, it was just overall just kind of dumb, you know. And I mean, maybe Jokic should have known better, but Jokic does this all the time. He is constantly like, get me the ball. I want to get it right back yeah. to play and, and go. And, you know, so, yeah, just. Silly on all all sides, I guess. I would I would be surprised if there was a suspension. Yeah, I don't think there will be. I bet nothing comes either way, and they just move on. Like yeah. that's that's probably what should happen here. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, we do need to talk about this. Uh, Mike Budenholzer fired uh, by the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they're going to be moving on from him. Was this? I mean, obviously not a great look when you are the one seed and you fall to the eight seed uh, in the playoffs. That doesn't help. Uh, the situation, but to me, I think that this is just from from my perspective. This was just the Bucks kind of going back to what we always knew that they weren't totally sold on Coach Bud being the long term coach. That was all the buzz, and then they won a championship, and suddenly it was like that all got pushed back for a little bit. But then, as soon as th- something negative came up, it, we went right back to this place, and they they moved on. I think this is probably winning that championship just extended his stay by a couple of years, but. This just confirms that I don't think they saw him as the this is our guy for the foreseeable future moving forward. And now they're going to look elsewhere. Yeah, there was a feeling after that title that the Bucks had won in spite of him and not because of mm-hmm. him. Um, there, there was that feeling. And it, there's maybe, right? I, I don't know the level of truth to that. There, there's probably something to that is his failings in the playoffs had been you know, well-known, uh, it doesn't really change the style of play. doesn't make a lot of adjustments, doesn't do a lot of different stuff from what his teams kind of always do in the regular season. I tend to think of Mike Budenholzer a little bit as a, um, far like a more successful version of Steve Clifford in that Mm. he's a very good floor raiser, but he's probably not going to push your ceiling up at all. Right. His, he will come in, he will craft a defense and an offense that will pile up regular season wins. But then in the playoffs, where, you know, every playoff series is a thing of its own and it morphs and changes and, you know, becomes something as it kind of goes longer and longer. And he just wasn't very good. Right. So I think that is the challenge there in those postseasons. He just doesn't get teams any further than what they already are as teams. So I think it's uh, one of those things where he's going to get another job, presuming he wants it. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if it'll be this year. Maybe he takes a year off, but but he'll get another job. He'll probably make that team pretty good in the regular season. And then we'll probably have these exact same conversations. And I think for Milwaukee, even when you unless you're winning at a, you know, really an unsustainable clip, meaning title-wises or finals appearance-wise, um, and you're in the mix, this is going to happen to every coach. Like, that's just how it works in the NBA. You can't – you you. it's very much a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league with mm-hmm. players and coaches. And a lot of the coaches feel, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, that 
Hey, I can, you know, you can only coach the same guys for so many years. Like, and then your yeah. voice no longer has the same effect in the locker room and those kind of things. And that's why you see sometimes guys step away or they take front office jobs or whatever. So this is probably one where you're exactly right. Winning the title, got him a little bit of a reprieve. And now, you know, we're two years without a title and two years of the same kind of grumbling about early playoff exits. And here we are where everybody's moving on. And I think this is, you know, the Bucks are a team that's going to be fascinating to watch moving forward because they could be a team that's impacted by the new CBA and the exactly. the super tax coming in. They have some very difficult decisions to make. I mean, look at what's going on with Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton. Uh, this team could look very different uh, as soon as next year. And I mean, I don't want to say Giannis is a flight risk or anything like that, but he does have a player option in 2025. So yep. uh, there's there is going to be some pressure in Milwaukee to get the next era going very quickly, even if it is, there isn't, I don't know if there's going to be, but maybe there's a bridge from this current iteration of the Bucks into an, another very, very good team that could be coming. But if you wait another year to do it, suddenly the clock is ticking where Giannis has one year left until he can hit free agency. And then you really don't have a lot of time to put all the pieces together and figure out what everything is going to look like as you're bringing a new coach. So I think this does give them a little bit of a bigger window to transition into whatever this next era of the Bucks is going to look like. And again, the decisions they're going to have to make in regards to Middleton, Brooke Lopez, some other players that are on their, their roster, all of this is going to be tied together in what's going to be a really, really big offseason for Milwaukee. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, even if, let's say, they bring back all the core pieces player-wise, mm -hmm. you've got to add depth. You've got to add better functional depth the rest of the way because at this point in their careers, uh, Chris Middleton's going to probably miss 20, 25 games uh, every season. Drew Holiday's probably going to miss a handful of games. Uh, Brooke Lopez, he stayed mostly healthy, but he'll probably yeah. miss you know somewhere between 15, 20 games. Same with Giannis. He's 35. Yeah, yeah. So Lopez is 35. Middleton, I believe, is 32. Drew Holiday is going to be 33 in about a month. So your whole core is really starting to age here. And that's where not only the super tax issues and, you know, having uh, less team building tools and all those sort mm -hmm. of things, those definitely come into play. And you're spot on with that. And we're probably going to do a whole show when we do our offseason preview about teams that are it's not just about this summer, right? It's about we got to make some kind of three, four year uh, yeah. decisions here in this this summer's window and next summer. Um, but also with the Bucks, it's just age related, right? Like you have to start looking at some of these guys and be like, all right, you know, do we really want to throw you know 35, 40 million a year at Chris Middleton, knowing you know the injury issues and some of these things keep popping back up with him? It's it's gonna be fascinating. And yeah, now you throw in on top of that, we need to find the right coach, right? Because mm -hmm. as long as you have Giannis, everybody's expecting like we should be in title contention, right? There's not gonna be any any lowering of expectations for this team just because uh because the coach change and maybe they lose a player, it's gonna be uh, you still have you know maybe the best player in the world right now. Like we we need to you know be trying to win a championship. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's where the the pressure is going to be on them to whatever kind of pivot, big or small, right? I mean, you could mm -hmm. see massive changes. You could see them say, "Well, let's just keep this group together for another year, however long we can, and you know do some more stuff on the margins." Whatever they do, there's going to be changes, and there's going to be pressure to whatever those changes are to get them right. They have yeah. to get these right as they, you know, ideally want to stay 
um, at or near the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, but speaking this of is, head, yeah, go ahead. sorry, just one last thing on them, just because it's on my mind. If if there's a sense of you're going to lose Chris Middleton anyway, I would be doing what I could if it makes sense to turn that into a sign and trade, mm-hmm. so that you could turn that into a way to get you know get um, you know another player a player or two or just a giant trade exception, whatever it is to try to, you know, balance that out to try to get a, um, you know, in a sense, fill that salary slot because you're, you're in trouble. Otherwise, that doesn't mean you got to, you know, Byron Middleton gets $35 million. You need to go get another $35 million player, but bring in, you know, a $20 million player, you mm-hmm. know, two guys who make, you know, 15 or something and be a little bit more balanced out. I think you'd be in better shape that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, another team that is looking for a head coach, that is the Detroit Pistons, and they have narrowed down their candidates to three. Kevin Ollie, Jerron Collins, and Charles Lee are the yep. three potential speaking or the three the finalists. What's that? Yep. Yeah, the speaking th- of the box, right? Charles Lee. Yes. Uh, Bob Bucks assistant coach. Yeah. Yep. yep. So there's the your three finalists for the Pistons. Do you have one that's a favorite? You know, Keith, they, Kevin Ollie jumps out. Like it wasn't that long ago that like Kevin Ollie was the guy that every yeah. NBA team wanted to get. It felt like he was a surefire NBA head coach. That was it was just a matter of time. Didn't happen. Is, is this his his jump to the NBA? Is that happening now, or is it one of these other guys? What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, I think it's interesting because these are all in terms of coaching. <laughs> these are young guys, yeah. right? Like it's you know, I don't want anybody to think you know I'm saying that they're kids by any means, but they are younger, up and coming assistants. It was crazy. I was looking at it today, like some of these guys, like Kevin Ollie played for 14 years in the NBA. Talk about like a journeyman guard who just right. hung around forever, and now he's been like a, like like doing the coaching thing for a number of years too. I think he may be the guy just because he's worked with kids uh, very recently at the NCAA level, at the overtime elite level. In this Detroit Pistons roster, even if they did keep a couple of the vets like Bogdanovich and Burks, mm-hmm. they're still going to be an extremely young roster, right? They're going to add another top pick to a core group of Cunningham, Ivy, Jalen Dern, James Wiseman, if we want to throw him in the mix there, um, too. So that's that's going to be a team that is, you know, still leans far younger than they do otherwise. So I think it could be Ollie, but Jaron Collins has really been a hot name uh, more this year than prior years. And Charles Lee kind of going that Ime Udoka, Darvin Ham path mm-hmm. of interview a lot of times and then maybe eventually he's going to finally break through. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious if this does tell me that the Pistons though, these three names as opposed to you know, hey, well, Nick Nurse Veterans. is out there. Now Mike Budenholzer, it's probably a little bit more of, hey, we're still in a development period. Like we're, They're, they're going to try, I think, to win next season and be a better team. But I think it's very clear of, hey, we're, we're okay to go with a younger coach and try to keep building this thing up. Which is interesting because this is the club that was saying, you know, we don't want to, you know, we're not in tank mode. We're sure. going to be trying to make the playoffs this year. We're not trading Bogdanovich because we want to win games right now and, and all of this stuff. And now you see when action is being required of them, that's not quite the the route that they're going here. It's not like they're investing in a veteran head coach to try to win right now. Now, maybe the thought is, hey, let's get a coach that will grow alongside the team. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. a faulty premise. I just think it's it's interesting that for a team that's been saying, hey, we want to win right now to go with potentially a coach who is probably best attribute may wind up being player development. Um and I think that does tell you a little bit about the mindset of the Pistons. And I'm not saying that's not where their minds should be. I think it should be in this place, but just interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I think it's probably 
somewhat around the idea of we we're we're not going to go into next year thinking we're going to be terrible, um, which is I, I don't want to say that's not that's that's a little too harsh to put it that way because of the you know Cunningham will grow and mm-hmm. Ivy and the, the kids, but I think it's more of like that's probably then maybe you take a magic type step forward, right? Where you win about 10 games more and you're just kind of, you're, you're inching towards that, that playoff spot versus the idea of, I don't want to like, like I don't want to be in a spot where I am, um, you know, I, I, we're not going in as contenders and we'll see what the off season brings, but like, we're, we're going to try to be good, but we're okay to hire a coach that can, like you said, grow with the team as we try to grow it. And I also wonder if they're looking at it a little bit and saying, all right, let's be reasonable here. You know, what if the Raptors take a slight step back? What if the Bulls do? What if the, you know, Heat Hawks Nets, like what are they all going to be uh, next season? And that, that group, you know, they'll, probably at least the team or two of those will be really good, but you know, where are we going? And then I think what you look at, if you're the, um, the, the other teams there, you start to feel like, okay, well, we're going to kind of push it forward into, all right, we can be as good as Orlando, as good as mm-hmm. Washington, as good as maybe Indiana. Um, I don't know that they will be, but I think that's what you're thinking is we maybe a couple teams slide back. We improve enough. We can be in that mix. And maybe they're like the magic where you're in the play in mix until the end of March. And then you can kind of bow out of it, get one more pick. And then really it's probably time to start thinking about pushing forward. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So one of the things that uh, that we need to get into here, and, and, I, and I'm in agreement with everything that you're, that you're saying there on uh, on the Pistons, but I, this is, this strikes me as eerily familiar. Arturis Karnisovas extended with the Bulls very quietly 
Isn't this funny when when teams do this, where they give give an extension to front office personnel and they do it without any kind of real fanfare <laughs> and they keep it under wraps? I just, of course, I do you I know think anything about, about this? Uh, just a little bit, just a little. <laughs> the Lakers extending Rob Palenka's contract right after, like a week after firing Frank Vogel for a terrible season, and the next thing you know, Rob's got. Uh, a contract extension that we don't find out about until like four months later. I'm not saying this is the same situation, but just interesting that it was done quietly. But nonetheless, Arturis Karnasovic gets a, a, a contract extension with the Chicago Bulls, who had a, a disappointing season. And, you know, we'll see what where ultimately this team's go, team goes. But uh, clearly, they still believe in him and what he can do uh, for their front office. Yeah, and they, this is a team that did the same thing with Billy Donovan, too, as the coach. Uh, earlier this year, they they kind of just sort of came out that, oh, yeah, Billy's been extended and, you know, we're going forward. So to me, this says, you know, almost if nothing else, it maybe is just an organizational decision of, hey, nobody really needs to know these things. I think mm-hmm. that's a little silly. I think people do need to know these things. Like, I think they're a value, you know, to know at least like, okay, this guy's leading the team or these pair of guys are going to lead the team for the next, you know, three, four years, whatever it may be. And I think it's funny because a year ago, we're all talking about, man, the Bulls, if they hadn't had their season wrecked by injuries, they were playing so great. And, mm-hmm. you know, this team's really not that bad. And maybe they are, you know, better than what we thought and all these things. And now here a year later, we're kind of like, you know, this Bulls team kind of stinks and they should have traded guys. And maybe they're past their expiration date. And now you find out, you know, Karnesovich is going to be there leading things going forward. And I feel like it's one of those things where, all right, how do we you know reconcile this, right? And it's, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? They're probably not as just a bad luck team as they were, seemed like two years ago. Yeah. And they're probably not as like, boy, this team stinks and they're awful as it seems like this year. So it's probably somewhere in the middle and it's, yeah, give him a chance to kind of rework this and see what he can do. I mean, for him, it's now the, the kind of, you know, enviable task of, what do you do with Lonzo Ball? Like that's just a sitting there's kind of an albatross contract a little bit. You know, do you move DeRozan before he hits free agency and that becomes a whole whole thing? You know, with that when he's still probably in my mind clearly the team's best player and you know he gets Kobe White and Ayo Desunmu, two guys who played a lot at the guard position, are both free agents. So uh, Nikola Vucevic, obviously a free agent. Yeah. So a lot of work to be done for for that Bulls team. And I, if nothing else, at least you know, I don't think he's been so bad that you have to say get him out of there. Like you can't even have him making the decisions anymore. So I think this is more of a hey, let's give him a chance to kind of you know, rework this again on the fly and see what we can become uh, going into next season. And we did just get some breaking news officially. No suspension for Nikola Jokic for, for game five. As so that that just came out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. As, as, as expected. From Woj tweeted you, that. So. I, I, I do wonder just going back. And again, this is what we expected to happen with, with Jokic and, and probably the way it, it should go. But um, to go back to the Bulls, I think it's. I do wonder how much of a contract extension and there's even talk about a new contract coming for him. How much of this is, Hey, we know we're heading into a period of instability, right? Where we're going to have to make some decisions, some difficult decisions. You know, what do you do with Lonzo ball? What do you do mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of, uh, of uh, Vucevic? What do you do with, uh, with some of these guys that are up for new deals? Do you try to revamp the roster? What do you do? I mean, are you, are you sold on Zach Levine being on your team long-term? Do you start listening to offers for him? What do you do with DeMar DeRozan? I mean, there's a lot up in the air for this team. Do you say, hey, we know we have instability on the roster. Let's 
counter that with some stability in the decision makers in the front office so that yep. we can create a united vision here moving forward and go all in on that path. I think there's something to that um, because if you have a lot of instability in the front office coupled with instability on the court because of these you know difficult decisions that you have to make, that can lead to to chaos. And so I think that's maybe part of the thought process here. Yeah, I have to wonder if like you go into this approach of, you know, maybe someday, maybe Trevor, you and I will win the the giant Powerball and we'll own NBA teams. But, uh, you know, outside of that is your decision making process as the owner, right? Because that's who really decides who the, sure. you know, whatever we want to call these guys, president, VP, basketball operations. I still like I just like the term general manager just because we get so used to it. Now yeah. it had to be replaced with you know, these 87 versions of titles that make no sense. That, that all but, mean general manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, or or may, maybe I'll just go to head decision maker. Right. But <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. The HDM. Um, chief chief but, coin flipper. <laughs> yeah, there it is. But I really, as I look at it, I really think with, with that decision is unless you're sold that they are not the right guy, like, which is where I think Washington kind of got to with Tommy Shepard, yeah. um, which is a, um, they're also facing a pretty pivotal off season where you've got some key free agents and Poisingas and Kuzma, and you've got some stuff to figure out there after the Bradley Beal contract. Now looks pretty questionable, but if you're sold, it's, this is not the guy, well, then you just move on, right? You just have to move on and go in another direction. But if you think like, hey, I kind of like the process with this guy and I want to give him a chance to kind of, hey, things didn't go exactly the way we hoped because there was injuries and all this other stuff kind of fell apart on us. Then I think you're okay to go in the direction of extend them, give them the chance to mm -hmm. go. Generally extensions too, they're not usually three, four, year extensions it's usually we added a year or two on to the final year of it and then we're kind of go from there if they're super successful you may get to the final year and it's like we did a three or four years extension which right. is the same functionally as a new contract it also gives you a little bit of, of um for the teams that are going to be working with these guys we talked about this with plinka right when we assumed for months that he was operating in the final year of his contract it was like is this guy going to do anything because he's a lame duck, right? Like, or is right. it just, yo, I'm, I'm not even going to call them because he's not there or, or the sense of, yeah, they're not even really making the decisions anymore, right? Like they're just kind of running out the string on the contract. At least now everybody knows, all right, our Taurus will be there. He's a guy you call if you want to get something done, you keep moving it forward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that does provide a bit of certainty too, in terms of those negotiations that you're going to see around the league, which by the way, are going to be picking up. Um, yep. We talked about it before we came on the air. This is uh we are a week tomorrow from the draft lottery. Yeah. Oh boy. Somebody's future <laughs> is going to change big time on, in, uh, in a little over a week. And I'm sure fans of those teams that have those top, uh, those top odds right now are getting their lucky charms ready because, uh, because somebody's getting that number one pick and getting, Victor Wembanyama, who's uh, looks looks the most like a sure thing that we've seen in a long time. For a non-sport sport event, I don't know if there's oh. anything more exciting, yeah, right than the draft, especially when you have like the the once in a lifetime kind of prospect at the top of the draft, and it feels like it's one of those things where just you're watching it and it's like the first time it's not chalk. You're like, oh no. Yeah. You know, it's either that feeling of, oh, my God, we jumped up or like, oh, no, 
like that team jumped up that nobody wanted to get there. Right. It's, it didn't work out that way, but it was like that year when the Warriors were at two and it was like, Oh mm-hmm. man, or, you know, or like, like everybody, this is now I'm dating myself, but like that second year that the magic got the number one pick after they got Shaq, they jumped all the way into, you know, being a decent team. And I was like, and then they got the number one pick again. And it was like, I just remember being like, man, what in the heck is going on? Like as an Eastern conference kid, I was just like, no, like, I don't want like, no, stop giving this team good players. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be one of those things. Cause, cause it's, you're right. It's one Binyama. Like this is, this is, you know, franchise altering. Like if you yep. get this guy, like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really going to be something. So yeah, I love sitting there watching it, especially when my team's on in it. Right. Then it's like, all right, I can feel a little bit less stress about watching this event. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like like a fun, stressful event, even though there's not a single point scored, nothing actually happens for a win or a loss. My my dream is someday to be in the room where the ping pong balls are being drawn, because what we see on TV is just the announcement of the results. The lottery itself has already taken place. It's like it's been over for like a half an hour. I would love to be in the room and you got to turn in your phone and go yep. through all that. Zach Lowe has provided a bunch of info from, you know, yeah. inside there. Hey, I would so love to be in the room when all that's going on. On that too. Like I'm sure you can find it with some clever Googling about Zach Lowe's columns, but he's written really extensively about how like, like stress filled the processes yeah. and how, like how there's like so much excitement and anger and like uh, resentment and stuff from guys in that room. And how sometimes like some of them come in and they're like, eh, like we have like a, we have like literally like a one person, less than 1% chance yeah. of jumping up and then they do and all that stuff. I just wish ESPN made it a little easier to search on your own site to find these things. Like, you know, why is it so hard to find this stuff? But yeah, if you really want to read about it, yeah, he's done a really good job about how and then they, yeah. And then they literally sit there sequestered without any contact to the outside world for it's like a half hour and yeah. an hour long just sitting there chatting amongst themselves. I always wonder, cause it's not, sometimes it's like the, the head decision maker is out there on the podium for the TV version. Other times they're not right. They're the one in the room. I always wonder how many like trade discussions are like hammered out right there. Right. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, Hey, we know let's get an early jump on, you know, on these trade talks. Like I always do wonder a little bit of like, you know, well, what, what, what ground has been built in that room while you're sitting there, you know, everything before anybody else does. Hmm. That's, that'd be interesting. Yeah. How many teams are running over going, Hey, what do you think? You landed this pick. I landed here. Let's make a deal. You know, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 it's such a, you know, like I said, just one of those stupid fun nights that like, just, you know, it's like one of those things mm-hmm. that it's, it's, and it's so like, it's so NBA. It's like one of the things I love most about this, this league where yeah. it's like, like, again, nobody wins or loses any games on this night. I mean, in theory you do, right. You probably wouldn't lose many, many games mm-hmm. uh, based off the lottery uh, results, but yeah, it's just such a fun, silly thing. And I, I I'm super psyched for it next week. Yeah, it's always always a blast. All right, let's finish up with this. Speaking of which, all NBA teams will be, re- yeah. be released on Wednesday, which does matter when we look at contracts and things like that. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out as well. The all NBA teams coming up uh, on Wednesday. Uh, the all rookie teams came out. We're not going to go over all of that right now, but it was pretty uh, much as expected. Just yes, as, nothing know, too surprising. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, all defense teams will get announced tomorrow afternoon. And then all NBA teams yeah, actually get announced like before the game. Uh, playoff games on Wednesday um, is when they'll get announced. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it kind of gives you the sense of where the league feels the importance is on the other two uh, teams where it, let's face it, they're not the most important things in the world. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really exciting. The guy, obviously um, the Celtics and I think just fans in general are keeping an eye on is Jalen Brown because mm -hmm. this is chance one of two to make an all NBA team next year. He'll obviously have the same chance, but if he makes it this year, he qualifies for that designated player extension and then he can add, you know, max money, you know, get the so-called super max extension um, on his contract. If he doesn't make it, he still can get there because he could make it by making all NBA next season. So, so we'll see. And then that just, we'll talk about it far more if he makes it, but uh, they, everybody should feel pretty good that if offered, he'll sign it. If he doesn't, then, you know, things get dicey. Yeah. Turn on all the red flashing lights and sound the sirens and everything else, because now it's time for, uh, all right, he's probably leaving. And that opens up a whole new thing. The Celtics have to have to consider there, right. Is, is, uh, you know, do we need to look at trading him? So, right. you know, but, but, but we'll, we'll get the first step of that, uh, decision-making here on, on Wednesday. So I'm uh, really excited to see how it comes out. It's funny too. People were doing a lot of tracking, right? Like people, you know, as the, People who actually have votes release their ballots. Uh -huh. People people do the tracking. But it all kind of fell apart this year when they were getting into All-NBA because a lot of people didn't put their full All-NBA picks out there. Like they might have said, like, I voted so-and-so for MVP and so-and-so for Rookie of the Year. All-NBA picks, like there was some track tracking on it, but it's nowhere near the number of ballots that, that were fully released that I think people need to feel really good about. Like, all right, I feel really solid that these are All-NBA teams. So that that also makes it a little bit of fun too. Yeah, it'll be a surprise because we, yeah. don't, we don't have that good of an idea of what uh, yeah. what exactly is to come here. But uh, I think that about gets us through everything today. Yeah, yeah, but thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show if you're not doing so already uh, over here on the YouTube channel. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.